This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you're driving, speed bumps force you to slow down. Some are big, some are small. Regardless of the size, they can really mess up your car if you go over them too fast. In this go, go, go world, society tends to have a negative view of speed bumps. But in my opinion, they don't have to be a bad thing. We all go through speed bumps in life, such as getting married, a spiritual awakening, having children, changing jobs, a trauma, and more. In this podcast, you will hear the various speed bumps that people have encountered and how those experiences have shaped them into the person they are now. Because every story has speed bumps, and that is what makes life interesting. I wanted to welcome you to another episode of Speed Bumps. And today with me, I have Alex Brown. I was connected through him through a mutual friend, Marilyn Richardson, who's at the Rubin Institute for Advanced Orthopedics. And she kind of volunteered him to be on my podcast, but I'm so excited that he agreed to say yes. And he's here. So thank you, Alex, for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ellie. So happy to be here. So the famous question. Tell me two things that you love about yourself or two of your favorite things about yourself, please. Famous question. I love (laughs) it. Uh, Well, I love that I was born a little different. Um, Growing up, I didn't like it so much, but in retrospect, I'm I'm thankful that I'm different. It makes me stand out than everybody else, especially in the career that I'm chasing. Number two, I love that I am sort of impulsive and take chances, um, which sometimes gets me in trouble. And sometimes, (laughs) most times it works out really well, but I'm not afraid of rejection. um, As I'm sure you aren't as well, having been through some overcoming so much in life, I feel like it's, you know, there's not a lot that's, that's super challenging. Yeah. And I loved the teaser that you gave at the beginning of how one of the things that you love about yourself is all the things that you went through and where you are now. So like I'd mentioned, we kind of were connected through the Rubin Institute for Advanced Orthopedics. I had gone there for surgeries on my arm, but you went there for surgeries on your leg, right? Yes, correct. I, yeah, I was born with fibular hemimelia. Uh, so basically I was born without the fibula bone in my right leg. And my leg was a little bit shorter than my left leg. So instead of the amputation route, which some of the hospitals wanted to do, I ended up um, getting introduced to the Rubin Institute of Advanced Orthopedics and the whole team there, Marilyn, like you said, and, and uh, Dr. Paley at the time and Dr. Standard. And and they uh, they introduced limb lengthening to me and told my family about it and explained the procedure and how it works. And ultimately, we decided to go that route. So yes, I had many a surgeries on my leg to get them to the equal length that they are today and strong. I was joking with my husband. I was like, I'm like, I- I'm impressed with, of what you're doing now. I was like, but honestly, I'm more impressed that the number of your surgeries outdoes mine. Like kudos, <laughs> like weird thing to be impressed by, but that's what I'm impressed by right now. What are you at? What's your number? Mine's only 17. That's, that's still a lot. I mean, you think about the average person that's like, I- a million times. <laughs> I know. I know. Mine weren't all in my arm, but yeah. But yours is 43, right? You said? 43. Yeah. 43, yeah. yeah. Mostly, mostly in the leg. Uh, some just miscellaneous breaks and sports and, you know, yeah. hurt myself kind of thing. Yeah. It's but, uh good times. <laughs> do you have anything else? So I know with me, I had like heart problems and ki- kidney problems and all these other things when I was born. Did you, does yours come with any type of syndrome or was it just your leg? It's just my leg, uh, no internal, um, you know, conditions or issues or anything like that. 
I had kidney stones when I was younger, but that yeah. had nothing to do with the head. <laughs> I, and I and I say just your leg, but you also only have three fingers on each hand, right? Yeah, three fingers in each hand, like a like a ninja turtle. I love that. What uh, what's what's that called? So that's part of the fibular hemimilia. Oh. Um, I don't think it's always the case, but in a lot of cases, typically it'll go hand in hand with missing digits on the hand, something with the leg, missing digits on the one of the feet. Um, so yeah, I think it's less rare today, fibular hemimilia, than it was when I was growing up. So I think more people have it now. But yeah, it's just kind of like a double whammy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hands and, I, hands and feet. Yeah, I've there was one. Um, oh, and it's gonna escape me. But they, it's it's almost arachidactyly. No, aerodactyly. The one that looks like lobster claws, basically. Yeah, I think you were saying it right. I always get this wrong, so I don't want to even try. But I think you were close there with the arrow or something. Yeah, a- a- aerodactyly or oh, yes, I'll think of it at some point. But yeah, <laughs> so. But yeah, something like that. But you had also, like I told you earlier, I was creeping on your Instagram. You wanted to be the night crawler. Yes, I do. I am going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not huge. Is that like a superhero or? Yeah, he's a, he's here. like a, he's an X-Men character. He's Okay. Yeah, he's one of those guys. He's the blue guy in X-Men, if you remember that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever Kurt dress Wagner. up like him as Halloween? I should, right? I didn't dress up this Halloween. I was filming actually in Louisiana, which was a lot of fun, but no dressing up this time. Can Next you year. Tell us what you were filming or not yet. Uh, well, this past, yeah, I was filming a, a role in this. It's a horror movie. It's called Hangman. Um, okay. I think it's very early stages. So I have no idea what, what it's going to be, where it's going to come out, anything like that. But it was a really fun time and shooting in Louisiana. It's kind That's of fun. Shreveport, which is kind of like a spooky town, very quiet. It's very fitting for Halloween. Yeah, definitely. I have to be honest. Uh, I am the biggest scaredy cat in the world. And so I'll like like all your Instagram stuff. I don't think I can ever actually watch that, though. <laughs> I, mean, I don't support you. I just, I, I'm the biggest scaredy cat in the world. That's okay. What about your husband? Does he like scary movies? He, I think he can watch some of them. I don't know if it's his flavor, but for me, like, I can't, like... I'll watch it first and let you know, like zero to ten, with the okay, like like how cuddled up in a blanket do I have to be? Like, is it one <laughs> eye out, like half eye closed? Like, what level of scary are we at here? Yeah, I don't even know. We'll see. So, when did you start your limb lengthening journey on your leg? How old were you? I was seven, I believe, seven in- years old. Okay, were you living in Maryland at the time? Yes, I was. Okay. Yep. I was uh, actually my parents had just moved. Our family moved to a new neighborhood while I was playing in the neighborhood with my brother running around. I had because I was born with one leg shorter than the other. Before I had all the, the limb length thing done, I had a lift on my shoe to make yeah. my leg full length. Yep. So when I was running around the neighborhood, one of our uh, neighbors saw me and, and approached my parents. This was like, hey, I, I just started working with Dr. Paley at the Rubin Institute. We do this thing called limb lengthening. So he was actually the one who who brought me in. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So mid late twenties is how old you are, rough guess. Right now I'm thirty three. Oh okay okay yeah yeah, and I'm old. I'm I'm thirty one, so I I guess we're both old. <laughs> no, we're, I, not old. we're young, kind of. Because I know when I I started when I was ten, and it was I was technically at Kern for like a month or two and then mm-hmm. they switched to the Rubin Institute. So I was wondering where you landed in all of that. Yes. Yes. You're right. Actually it was Kernan first. Yeah, Kernan. That's right. Kernan. Kernan. And then they switched over. Yep. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Pieces. Yeah. I think that's where the first surgeries were. First couple at least. Yeah. Do you remember that? I remember like the waiting room there and them having like a, like an N64 and Sega. Do you remember that? I do. I do. That's and fun. then, because when I first went, I met Herzenberg for the first time before 9-11. So I met him in 2000. Mm. And they were at Kernan. And I remember the waiting room, but there was talk of the Rubin Institute forming and everything like that. So then when we came back in May of 2001, mm-hmm. 
that is when was it 2001 or 2002 no it was 2002 is when i had the first surgery and uh that was all at the rubin institute when i first met him it was at kernan gotcha yeah a lot happened in those couple of years yeah though I, when i went back recently a couple months ago i was like the waiting room looks the same like there's less toys and stuff but yeah it, it all looks the same and it, it boggles my mind like so many memories came flooding back yeah i haven't been in in uh quite a few years now you need to go pay a visit drop in yeah and i haven't seen Mar- shit, i haven't seen Marilyn in two decades really yeah so when oh, i saw her i was like Oh, goodness. She looks the same, right? She does. I know. She's exactly the same. She's a, she's just an angel. She's, she I don't has, even think she's a real person. I think she's just an angel. Yeah, she, she doesn't age. The hair, like, <laughs> still the gorgeous long hair. Like, did they ever have to bribe you for surgeries? Like, they had to bribe me to get me back in the OR. I was a horrible patient. Bribe? No, I don't. How did they bribe you? So no, it's so stupid. No, like those little uh, keychain pullers where they had like their badge that if they pulled the badge, it would like come out. <laughs> yeah. So my first frame that they were going to put on, uh, it got delayed because there was some type of emergency. Mm. So then they didn't put the IV in and all this other stuff. And it kept getting pushed back, pushed back. It was like supposed to happen at 8 a.m. Didn't happen until like 4 p.m. And she's like, okay, Marilyn's like, what can I get you for them to put the IV in? And I was like, I want your badge puller thing. And she's like, okay. Like of all the things that you could have asked for, because you know, the toy closets that they have and everything, like, everything. Yeah. And it was, and I probably have it still somewhere. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Very valuable. Yeah. That, kids are weird. Kids it's are a good weird. treasure. Good treasure. What I don't know. It- that was a, a painful time though. Every time you'd go back and they'd be like, oh, we're going to have to do another another yeah. surgery you'd be like Ugh. in your kid brain being like fuck yep right, yep but yeah, in you, kid- you, you can swear no worries oh okay sweet fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was one i woke up when they put the second frame on so it's my left arm that had the mm-hmm. frame and with arms they have to like put gauze around it and then like hang it up on like when an iv pole so it's hanging up like this right so uh, it's above your heart and doesn't the blood doesn't pool Sure. And I'm looking over the right shoulder at my mom, and I'm like very groggy from anesthesia. And I hear Dr. Herzenberger, a nurse or someone, go, Can you feel that? And I just said, Feel what? And <laughs> everyone's face went ghost white, and I got knocked back out. I had compartment <laughs> syndrome. They cut me. Oh, nice scar there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's what's cool about, about, uh, I feel like our scars have good stories, you know, better than tattoos. Oh, yeah. I do have one cool, t- I only have one tattoo, though, and I love it. Nice. I saw you both, had both birds. Cool. You had birds, right? Yeah, I have three little birds, like the Bob Marley song. Don't yep. worry about a thing. Every little thing's going to be all right. But, you know, I got all these when I was, I got four when I was very young, which kind of wish I waited, but I'm still, I'm still happy with them. You're still yeah. young. Cause at this point, I feel like if you're saying you're old, that means I'm old and I, we're, we're, we're not old. No, I just mean I got the tattoos when I was like 17. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, we're not old. Don't worry. What is one experience you had as a kid that stands out, whether a good one or a bad one? Uh, one experience. So whether uh, someone was really cool to you or someone was a complete jackass, either one or both. Like, hmm. I just remember a lot of the times. I think there was such a mix of both of those. I really can't remember one bad instance or one super good instance. I just remember spending a lot of time kind of on the sidelines at, at school when I wasn't homeschooled and having the big cage, the fixator in my leg. And I was at school and sitting in the wheelchair and watching everybody kind of play and run around. And just like that insecurity inside my head, wishing I could just be, you know, normal and, and doing what they're doing. And then of course people would like, I'd still have friends that would, would hang out with me and come over and whatever and, and play as much as I could physically. But, and then there's also people that would call me, you know, call me and I'm sure you names and call me monkey because my hands or Ninja Turtle before I thought it was cool <laughs> and, you know, point and laugh. But I think all those experiences, good and bad, kind of lead us to where we are are today, you know, and it makes our story and 
and journey that much sweeter because um because yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't change anything and i'm glad that that happened the way it did and it also led me to acting i was so insecure and that i did this random acting class and it allowed me to put myself in other people's shoes and if i wasn't so insecure and introverted i think as a kid then i wouldn't pursue this this uh huge 180 of a of a dream i never considered how acting allows you to put yourself in other people's shoes and in your case i going to guess here it allowed you to put yourself in maybe some roles that where you had to be a little more confident than you were initially and did that just build upon your confidence so then you as alex became more confident and then it was easier to play other characters yeah i think so i think every time you get a, a yeah every time you get a no even a, re- a rejection you don't get a part i think it makes you stronger um and every time you get a yes it makes you a hundred times stronger you know that people believe in you and, and want to see you put forth your work i think a lot of the the roles i play are all over the place um or have been all over the place and this last one in this movie luckiest girl alive i played a motivational speaker so it's like when i was a kid i never thought i'd i'd want to be a motivational speaker yeah. could be a motivational speaker you know and uh so it's just fun it's fun playing and and being different people could you see yourself being a motivational speaker in real life I think I, I mean, I, I, even though I'm pursuing acting, I still get very nervous speaking in front of large groups of people in public speaking. So I'd have to, I'd have to brush up, but I think it'd be <laughs> awesome. I think we all have a cool, you know, a, a unique story to each their own and, and it's worth sharing. So I would, I would do it. Yeah. I do a lot of that kind of stuff at the camp, no limits that I, I work with. Yeah. Uh, naturally, which is just, just fun hanging out with kiddos that are also a little, a little different like me. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about Camp No Limits and like what they do and things like that? I know what it is, but I feel like a lot of people don't. I feel like you have to come, first of all. You'd love it. I've never been. I want to. Well, the closest one to you would probably be Quinnipiac in Connecticut, the university, or I guess we have one in Chicago now. It's kind of close. But yeah, so Camp No Limits is a uh, nonprofit organization uh, for kids and teens with limb loss and limb difference. Um, it's basically like a traveling camp. We have 11 locations around the whole country, everywhere from Maryland to California, Chicago, Connecticut, Texas, Florida, Maine, uh, a bunch of different places. Um, and at the camp, it's just a regular summer camp, like all the rest of the summer camps out there with the fun activities like high ropes, zip lines, banana boats, talent shows, that cool stuff. But we intertwine physical therapy, occupational therapy, support groups. Um, we have prosthetists that come and, and allow them to uh, interchange their, their running legs and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, and it's the only camp really uh, like that, that you the whole family can attend. So it's important for the camper to come and, and mingle and see other kids like them that are different, but also just, you know, find the value of being a kid and, and just having fun. And then their whole family it's valuable for them too, because they go back to their community and they don't know anybody else like their kids. So it's nice for them to connect and have the support there as well. Yeah, So it's it's an amazing place. It changed my life and I'm super happy to be part of it. Did you, I don't know how long Camp No Limits has been around. Has it, like, was it around when you were a kid? It it started in 2004. Um, There was no camps like, or at least, I don't know if if you know of any, I didn't know any camps like this when I was a kid. No. There was one in Maryland I, I, me and my brother would go to called Camp Sandy Hill, but I was the only one who was like, you know, a little, a little different there. And it was still awesome and fun summer camp, but it's nice to have a place that is, everybody's a little different and you forget, like you're not, yes. you know, you just, you're just being you. Yeah. It's, I, I've gone to a couple different uh, conventions or meetups or whatever, and it's so cool to see like the younger kids who are like just starting to realize that they're different, <laughs> but then be around everyone else who's different too. And I feel like they come out of their shell so much because at first they have this look of like, wait a minute, I'm not the only one. You can like see the, all the confusion and the processing on their face. And then they're like, oh, but a bunch of people are like me. This is great. <laughs> and they just go bananas. And I just, I love it. 
I love it's, it. It's such a beautiful thing. And that happens, that change happens so fast. Like you're saying, like they'll yes. come to the camp the beginning of the weekend and kind of have a shell up and a wall and, and intimidated and scared. And, and then by two days later, by the end of the weekend, they're like best friends with everybody and confident. And I think that's the whole goal of these meetups and yes. these camps and everything is to take that magic that happens there and the confidence and then bring it back to their reality and their homes and their schools and communities and everything. Absolutely. I know some of the things that I've gone to going back to, I guess, real life and where you then become singled out or, you know, the only one. It's almost sad at first because you're like, oh, but no one else gets it anymore. And (laughs) but then you make all these great friendships that I, I don't know, I just think is really, really cool. It's very cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And I think people look up to that. Um, and the people that stick around cherish that about your friendships that you have, that you've been through, you've been through. And, you know, there's a lot of value and that you bring to them because of what you've overcome in your life. Absolutely. I know, uh, oh, fiddlesticks. I just had a thought and then it flew away. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I talk too much. No, no. I don't know. It'll come back to me. It was something about the camps and kids and oh, I don't know. Were you gonna say you wanted to come ride the banana boat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is a banana boat? <laughs> what you don't know what a banana I, I don't boat is? Banana boat is <laughs> like the sunscreen. I'm assuming it's not banana boat sunscreen. No, but uh, you you should wear that while you're out there on the banana boat. But it's like a big a raft that's shaped like a banana and it's pulled just like a tube behind a boat really fast. And it fits like probably eight to 12 people back to back kind of, you know, like butt to back. And then the boat's trying to tip you, trying to tip the banana and you all fall at the same time. And it's a blast. That sounds awesome. Kind of dangerous too, though. Some bloody noses. and (laughs) We've gone through so much. We're like, yeah, bloody nose, whatever. Yeah, bloody nose, whatever. (laughs) Whatever, it's fine. (laughs) I remember what I was going to ask. How old were you when you met someone who looked like you? Um, I think I was, yeah, no, I hadn't met really anybody who was exactly like me, who had three fingers in both hands mm-hmm. and and had the leg stuff going on. I think when you're at, I'm sure you know, like when you're at the hospital visits and you're waiting all day in the waiting room and then you go in to see the doctor, you see people in the waiting room periodically, but um, that's really the only time. And maybe you network and, and meet a little bit, but. I think when you're a kid, you're just kind of scared of the whole thing. And yeah. I, I don't know. So I, I, I don't think I met anybody really like me until I was older, until when I was an adult. But now, but now I see little kids with, with the same hands as me and, and I'm talking to their moms and their dads on Facebook, on Facebook and Instagram yep. and Messenger and people are reaching out and they're like, hey, you know, my baby's got what you have, like any any advice. And so it's kind of nice to pay it forward. It's nice to like be the role model to them that we wish we had growing up, someone to yeah. look up to be the person you wish you had when you were a kid. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I I absolutely love that. I've done the same thing. Parents have reached out and been like, you know, my baby has this heart or this hand, you know, and I didn't, to your point, I would see kids going in and out, but for me, it was mostly legs. Yeah. And I didn't see someone who had a hand like mine until I was 20 or 21. Oh, wow. Yeah. An adult. Yeah. Very much. Where was that? Just out and about or at somewhere? It, it was at a convention, like a a, a really big meetup. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was. In what Ohio. are these conventions you do? Uh, I haven't been to them in a few years. I know there was one uh, in Ohio. I think it was. It was like Helping Hands, but then there's also a mm-hmm. Helping Hands in Massachusetts. Okay. But they're cool. they're not connected. They're like it's the same name but uh, different because I used to live in Michigan, so my groups kind of kind of changed um there was one in michigan that was really big i think it still is and uh but yeah now it's just mainly connecting with individual people yeah there was a mom that i met who was pregnant with her third kid Mm. but her oldest had a limb difference or disability or whatever term you want to use and now that youngest baby is in like fifth grade wow and that's how long I've known these people. Like she's my second oh, mom. Oh, so you've got oh second mom. You guys are that tight. Nice. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so it's so meaningful, and that's like the beauty of social media too. Is you can connect 
worldwide with these people and, and stay in touch, build relationships. Didn't have that when we were younger. No, I wish we did. But you know, like we said earlier, you know, be the people or be the adult that you wish you had when you were a kid. Yep. hundred percent. I feel like we probably wouldn't have had the same experiences had we had all these connections, but because we had the experiences that we did of people being jerks or just the struggles, now we can help the this younger generation hopefully not have to go through everything that we went through. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if, if, if it is, I mean, they're still going through, I think a lot of the same struggles, but I think there, there's so many more resources now. And, and, and I think the world is open to, to learn different and, and just accept exception and, and uh, acceptance and everything. And that, I don't know if they are going to, hopefully don't struggle as much as kind of like we we did because of not knowing anybody else i think it's so in our faces now and there's so many groups and organizations doing wonderful things that um that yeah i'm just i just hope that they uh they they find the confidence a lot sooner than i did i guess 100 percent. if that's the only thing that happens like that would make make my yeah. day because to your like you said i didn't have confidence until i was an adult, you know, always hiding it in pictures and you just knew how to stand. Right. Cause then people didn't ask questions. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hiding it. And I used to hide my hands in my pockets and my mom sewed my pocket shut. <laughs> she did not. Yeah, yeah she did. <laughs> I was like, mom, gosh, I would you do that? <laughs> but now I'm like, I love you. Thank you for doing that. How old were you when she did that? I don't know. I think probably like, 10 or 11 or something yeah Can't that's remember. great it's like that's a little bit of tough love right there but tough you know. love. yeah it's necessary yeah yeah well i'm glad you appreciate it now i can definitely see though as a kid being all sorts of uh frustrated <laughs> and colorful pockets <laughs> how am i gonna carry stuff <laughs> yeah. there was nothing to carry then you know there's no phones as a kid what was i gonna that's true well, if you Put like rocks in, in your pocket. Yeah, snacks and rocks. Like, I don't know. Rock, rocks. Action gummy figures. Bears. Gummy bears. Action figures. <laughs> I don't know. What, what do little boys carry around in their pockets? I don't know. Yeah, Girl, I, can't, I can't remember. Sticks, sticks. Uh, swords. I don't know. Were, were you big into, like, worms? Like, putting worms in your pockets? Worms? No, I, was, I wasn't that kind of kid. But <laughs> cheers to all of them who were. It's pretty awesome. Pretty badass. Yeah, I I was not that kid. Yeah. But <laughs> I know I know I have cousins who are. There's so. worms in the pockets. Yeah, yeah. My stepdaughter she came home from summer camp one day and she's like, "Look!" and she pulls worms out of her pockets and I'm just like, <laughs> "She's in the living room." <laughs> Luckily, it was before we got in the car. Yeah. But I was like, "That's so I'm, cute." I'm not checking the pockets before I do laundry. Like, <laughs> my, my husband can do that. I don't want to stick my hand in and find worms. Oh no, slimy. <laughs> Yeah, washer machines just filled with worms ew, ew. <laughs> and they, like, crawl in the little vent to a scale no i'm having a horror movie moment nope nope <laughs> tell tell uh the director who the writer whatever they can write that into a script yeah <laughs> some, some worm action <laughs> worm action in the washer everyone's greatest fear <laughs> oh. My chiropractor apparently told me the other day, a guy went to go sit down on the toilet and a snake on the second floor came up and popped his head out while the guy was doing his business. And I was like, I did not need to know that. I did not need to know that. Is that Australia? No, apparently it was in New England, like in Connecticut. Oh my gosh. I was like, what? No, I was like, this guy has to be pulling your leg. He's like, he was not pulling my leg. I was like. I wonder what kind of snake it was. You're just like a little gardener snake. Oh, that's not so bad. It's kind of cute. No, I, I'm definitely afraid of all snakes. I know, I especially if you're on the toilet. That'd be right? so scary. You're like, you're what, so is, what is it? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrifying. PTSD every single day for the rest of your life sitting on the toilet. Right? Like, you, I don't even know how you'd figure that. Like, I don't even know. Yeah. And also, how did he see it? He wasn't looking. I, I guess he wasn't looking. Well, wasn't paying attention. I guess. I don't mm. know. Mm. I don't know. Mm. People are weird. <laughs> <laughs> Glad he survived. Yeah. Yeah. 
don't know how we got on gardener snakes and toilets. <laughs> snakes but... in the toilet. <laughs> the prequel to Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> oh dear lord. Maybe that's how they got there in the first place. I never saw the movie, but I'll just theorize. Maybe that's how they initially got on the plane was in the I toilet. Didn't see it either, actually. <laughs> oh, so you've done a couple movies and a couple shows, right? What other shows have mm-hmm. you been on? Shows have been The Rookie, How I Met Your Father, uh, Dope Sick. Films have been Lucky's Girl Alive, another one coming out on Netflix next year called Shirley, and then this upcoming horror movie that I just shot. And is Shirley also like a thriller, horror? No, Shirley is about Shirley Chisholm, who was the first African-American congresswoman. Um okay. So it's like a biopic type type movie. True story. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Excited for that. And you said that comes out in 2023? Yes. I don't know the date yet, but yeah, for sure this upcoming year. Okay. Yeah. This will be released in 2022. So that's why I'm kind of clarifying oh, okay. that. Okay. So next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next year. How many podcast episodes have you done? I just released... Episode 30 or 31 this past Wednesday. Congratulations. So, yeah, I started May 5th of this year, 5-5. And uh, yeah. I do one a week, or I release one a week. Mm-hmm. And talk with every people, random people about all different types of speed bumps. There was a guy who was an alcoholic. There was people that left California to go to Idaho to start a homestead. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a woman that left an abusive marriage, like all the different speed bumps and my whole goal with this podcast was just I have various people on you them whatever someone hears it and they go oh I connect with this person and then they don't feel alone or they know someone who would benefit from this and that's why I do it like it's it's not scripted and hopefully you know someone laughs about gardener snakes and toilets (laughs) it's just conversations like you're overhearing two people in a coffee shop chatting Yes. I think there's a genuineness to that. That's, that's better. Non-scripted is, is it, how do you find your guests? Uh, some of them I know through mutual podcasters. So Mm. I started listening to a lot of them before I started my own. And so I've kind of connected that way. And then some of them will be like, Oh, I just had this person on, but they would really be good for your show. Because they kind of touched on this little part of their life. Some people are volunteered to me like you. <laughs> some Maybe. people are, I, I had my cousin on. Um, some people reach out to me on Instagram and are like, hey, can I come share my story? I've had people that I know but want to rena- remain anonymous. And mm-hmm. so they'll share their story, but I actually don't ever release their name. Or they use a mm-hmm. pseudonym. So, mm. Oh, I had that option? I mean, you still do. I can, if you really <laughs> okay, want, no. I can. <laughs> like, please don't make me edit all that. I no, can. no, no. I'm happy to, happy to be on. And what a cool, I mean, speed bumps too. Like, I feel like that's, there's not a lot of podcasts that cover a variety of, of things. So, or at least that I listen to. So I'm happy that you're doing that. And it feels like a good time and people need to connect the most. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we kind of got, when the world went crazy, we, all had to go like on our separate ways and a lot of us can started connecting more over the internet but then you still lost in my opinion that sense of community Mm -hmm. and a lot of people I think really felt alone so just trying to connect people and I'm just the conduit for that so it's your story to my guest story and hopefully the listener and the guest connect like that that's my goal I'm just the conduit for this well you're doing an amazing thing Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, you've got. Give it up. I can't wait for episode seven hundred and thirty-one. Oh dang! Um, that that'd be like multiple podcasts a week because at that point, I feel like I'd be really old if I only did one a week and it was seven hundred and thirty-one <laughs> divided by fifty-two. Hmm. No, it's not that. A couple of years from now, a few years. Yeah, a few years. Oh, I'm bad at math. Yeah, I can't do math. My, my husband's great at it. Me, yeah. I'm like, I could, but it's going to take me a second. He'll know how many years. Oh, he he, he so what? If I spouted out this math question, he'd give me like 10 seconds. Oh, it's this. I'd be like. Yeah, oh, it's 11.7 years. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so you're in California now, right? Yes, I'm in Los Angeles. So when did you start? Like, how old were you when you decided to pursue this dream of you wanted to be an actor? So it was high school that I started doing that theater class I was telling you about mm-hmm. and really connected with that and and uh, just gaining the confidence of kind of the acting side of things. And then right after that, I moved to right after high school, I moved with my buddy Phil to uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, he had some family there. We knew that they had a big studio down there. Uh, called Screen Gems. So we decided to do like extra work for for a long time for One Tree Hill and and I think it was like Dawson's Creek at the time and all those kind of shows and just kind of seeing how the sets work and and how the actors worked and and behind the scenes and everything and it was a really good time. That was from like eighteen to twenty ish, twenty one. Okay. And then I moved to Florida to study at Burt Reynolds uh, Institute. Um, acting and then went back to Baltimore for a little while and then came out to Los Angeles. And that was eight years ago. So it's been a journey. What was your, I guess, first, I don't want to say big, but like where you kind of like geeked out and you're like, Oh my gosh, like I feel like I've made it right now. It was right when I moved out here. I, it was a super, this is how much of a crazy roller coaster. um, just this industry is and can be is that when I first moved out here, I met this director who's a hard director who you probably won't like. <laughs> his name's Eli Roth. Okay. Um, he's done Hostel and Cabin Fever, and he was in Inglorious Bastards, and he's done okay. a bunch of stuff. But I had I met him and I approached him. I tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, "Hey, man, uh, check out my hands. I'm a huge fan of your work. If you want to use me for anything, just uh, I'm your guy." And then, uh, and, and he's like, cool, man. Cool. Yeah. I like your hands. I'll, let me think about that. I'll get back to you. And I was like, he's not going to get back to me. And then a few days later, he, uh, his partner hit me up on social media and was like, Hey, Eli, enjoyed meeting you. Why don't we all get together and chat projects? So we met here in Los Angeles. Um, we chatted projects and ultimately we came up with one called a little different. Um, and I was the host of it. Basically we would travel around Southern California and interview, uh, different people with like an abnormality or disability, but have a really crazy cool talent and showcase that talent. Uh, for instance, we had Jessica Cox, who's a pilot. She flies yeah. with her feet. Um, she has no arms. She flies with her feet. So we'd go up in the plane with her and she'd do her thing. And then me as the host, I would try to mock their talent and often fail. So it was like, <laughs> it was like a really fun, awesome show um that was their first show eli's first show on his uh, platform called crypt tv but ultimately they decided to go like a horror route and not inspirational which is what we were doing so it kind of got canned but i'm gonna get it back one day because that was my favorite you absolutely should that sounds kind of like this but with comedy and video and i would absolutely watch that you got a lot of comedy in this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, there, there are some guests where there's a lot of comedy and then there's some where there's not so much so every episode's different there but i'm loving Good. the uh tangents and the comedy and like this is great this is great yeah that was like that so that happened almost right within the first couple months of being here and i was like oh shit i made it it's uh <laughs> it's going boom but also i was so happy because here I was to chase this dream, kind of still insecure about how I was going to approach acting with my hands and yeah. being different to being the host of this show and and my hands being the spotlight of it. And, and then interviewing other people that were different and sharing their story and using my experiences to to elevate them. So it was just like felt like a very full circle thing. And I thought that was going to be the thing to launch me. But it it doesn't, you know, one thing ends and then it's on to, you got to find the next. And there's a lot I learned from it. Um, And yeah, it brought so much good, but it was just the beginning of a long journey. That's awesome. What? So this show with, Mm -hmm. you said it was a little bit, it was called A Little Different, right? Yeah, a little different. Okay. My nickname's Little Bit, so I always want to throw in bit after little. So I had to think about that for a second. That's a great nickname, Little Bit. Well, if you think of like a kid, if they try and say Elizabeth, they usually can't do the Z. So it comes out Libus, Libeth, uh, Libeth. Okay. So it comes out a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. 
Not a lot, baby girl, just a little bit. I think that's all. <laughs> oh, you remind me of my cousin when you did that. That's still something that he would do. Oh, that's great. Um, total sidetracked. Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. Tell a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I'm so. so you were saying a little. You were saying a little bit. Yeah, a little bit different. Yeah. No, a little different was the name of the show. Yeah. And when you go to, so your hands kind of put you on that map, so to speak, to start that show. Did you mm-hmm. ever go to any interviews or audition, auditions, sorry, auditions where mm-hmm. they were like, we really like you, but your hands are a no-go. And maybe you didn't hear it from then right there, but you know, through the grapevine, you heard that was the case. Yeah, I mean, kind of, yeah, like, I don't think anybody, no casting director or team is going to say that uh, out loud, you know, to me. I don't think I'd hear it directly, but you get the kind of the gist of it or, mm-hmm. you know, or, but even sometimes, maybe not, maybe it's just in my own head that I think that, and that's not the case. I think it's changing a lot where they're open to it and people crave authenticity and something different. So I think it's, it's working for me right now, but I still think there's a long way to go. And I do think they, they get in the way of playing a lot of roles that have nothing to do with the character having a difference, you know, like just a regular person role. I think they have to, in their heads, they're trying to wrap their head around how they're going to explain it to the audience when it doesn't really have to be explained at all in real life. You know, yes, 100%. Yes. 100 percent yes here so i know there was a the night crawler thing that i'd mentioned you know you would have been perfect for that because you only have the three hands or sorry the three fingers be cool if you had three hands um (laughs) so much done right if someone was like yep we're gonna cast you for this role we want to cgi it so you have five fingers on each hand would you take the role yeah, totally. I think that that'd be great because it's the opposite of what they usually do. You know, they'll CGI somebody who's quote able-bodied to play a disabled now. So playing it the opposite way would be would be really cool. Um, they did that for a, a friend of mine from camp, um, Zyra Gorecki, okay, uh, who's in the show La Brea. Um, they CGI'd her her leg. She's is an amputee, and she, they CGI'd her leg to be like a quote regular looking leg in the show, which is so cool because you know, you just don't see that a lot. So hundred percent, I would do that. Yeah. They should be spending their money on stuff like that. So more people can, you know, more authenticity can come to the screen. It's not the answer I expected to be totally honest with you. Like, but I loved the answer because I, yeah, I had, I mean, I had what I thought. Both. But- I'm just saying if that was their only thing and they're like, look, we love you. We love your acting can we CGI for at least for the story sake, yeah. I guess would make more sense Then yeah, I would, but otherwise, yeah. So you had mentioned how uh, Hollywood tends to do the reverse where they'll make an able-bodied person uh, and make them have a disability. So whether that's they're in a wheelchair, they're missing leg, they're missing fingers, uh, they're mm-hmm. artistic, they're deaf, they're blind, whatever. Do you think, Actually, I'm just going to give you a platform to talk about that before I ask questions. What are your thoughts on that? About? Like them doing this. Do you agree? Do you disagree that they take someone who, let's say, has five fingers and Mm -hmm. then CGI it so they have three? Or they have someone who's uh, neurotypical to play a neurodivergent as opposed to interviewing people who are neurodivergent like do they have to do that is there some type of like ada thing that they have to interview people that would better fit the role i i I genuinely don't know i don't think that was the case for a long time but i think now or i know now that they are starting to do more outreach and and there's a lot more resources now and and to find those people like so when the casting director is looking for somebody to play it authentically let's just say it's somebody in a wheelchair, they will mm-hmm. reach out to different agencies and different organizations and, and, uh, and spread the word on that breakdown. So that way those people do have the option to submit if they're interested. Um, so I think, yeah, the outreach now is, is way more than it used to be. 
Um, I'm getting lost. I'm sorry. Do you, no, no, no. And <laughs> I, I asked like 40 of them. That's not you. That's a me thing. And I apologize. No. The, when they take someone who's quote unquote normal and make okay. them look disabled. Mm-hmm. How do you think that if that affects the disability community? Yeah. I mean, poorly because it, 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 that's what it's been since the beginning is that is able bodies playing disabled and, or if, uh, if they do cast authentically, typically the, the role or the character that you're cast at is sort of like a sad character or like their disability takes over the story and it, they can't get past their uh, disability or, you know, there's just not a lot of strength. There's not a lot of leading women and leading men with the disability that is portrayed as like sexy or attractive on, on screen. It's always kind of like has a sad uh, aura around it, but um, but yeah, I think the P- they call it the PWD community, so the performers with disabilities community okay. here in Hollywood. They they uh, are striving for more authentic- authenticity and 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 uh, authentic casting and and. But I think also like for the movie I just shot called Luckiest Girl Alive, they were looking. They didn't. They wanted somebody who was a wheelchair user, for instance, and. They didn't say anything about missing fingers or anything like that, but part of the, but they were auditioning the entire range of, of people with disabilities just to see what was out there. So that way they okay. can work into their script. So as part of the audition, I was like, you know, I showed them my hands and explained that, no, I'm not a, a wheelchair user currently, but I spent 11 years as a kid in one because of the surgeries I had this and that. So I think it's, it's important for the creator side and the production team to to hear them out and to just to collaborate more and 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 you know find that creativity together and, and apply that the background to the characters because they ultimately wrote it in that way for my character. That's um, cool. But then I'm sure that offended some people too, is me being in a wheelchair, even though I don't currently am in one now and I grew up in one. Um it's just it's a hard thing yeah i get it but the pool is so small of disabled actors in in uh, the industry that i think if you have a disability you should audition for all types of disabilities just so that the casting director can at least see you auditioning because you aren't seen enough compared yeah. to everybody else if that makes sense no that makes total sense and i feel like also new stories you know if you hear about someone with a disability it does it's either some great thing that they achieved or it's this almost like a sad pity party weird thing that in newspapers so it do, it's not just the hollywood stories it's you know the local stories that you hear yeah i know some people with disabilities they don't like i i, I call it the dirty i word and that word is inspiration mm. how do you feel about the word inspiration or being inspirational uh i think it's it's funny i mean it's however you take it's just perception of it you know like i my perspective is it, it depends on like who's saying it to me if someone's at the gym comes up to me and i'm like just doing my thing and they're like they see the scars on my leg or they see my hands mm-hmm. and like, oh, you're so inspirational i'm like thanks dude <laughs> like i don't even know what <laughs> what that means but then if parents say it to me at camp and and i'm yes. running around with the kids it's an it's another thing so i think it's just like however you take it i i look at it as a positive thing either way i think I can see that. Yeah. For me, I'm like, if I'm just sitting here tying my shoes and you're like, oh, you're so inspirational. I'm like, don't you tie your shoes? But to <laughs> yeah. your point, if, if a parent, you know, uh, of a kiddo with another limb dis- disability difference, whatever comes up and it's like, oh, you know, the fact that you're an adult and thriving and you're not in this little sad little right. joke, because I feel like that's also the perception, too, is these parents worry that their kids are they're not going to live a full life. Right. And so to see adults like us thriving and having careers and relationships and things like that, it gives these parents hope that I didn't know that they needed. Yeah, 100%. What, if you had to pick your favorite Camp No Limits memory, what would it be? I think um, that's a tough one. Is it the banana boat? As a, <laughs> most recently, <laughs> yes, the banana boat. I was flown off that thing so many times. Um, 
I think the best part about camp, camp, any of the camps, it's at the end of camp, we have something called like closing circle. Okay. Um, and it's just a recap. Everybody sits in a big circle uh, and it's right before everybody leaves. And you're kind of, we go one by one around the circle and everybody says their favorite part of camp and kind of what camp means to them. So it gets, it's very emotional because of how much happens, like we said earlier in the course of getting to camp and being shy and in a shell till the end of camp, feeling like your best self. And it just, it's like, it's nice to hear the the parents, the campers, the volunteers, the staff, everybody's different perspective on, on how camp went. And that's always, I think the best part because there's a lot of magic in that. And then everybody disperses back home and carries it with them. Are these camps like a week long camp, a weekend camp, like in general, what are they usually? They're like uh, three to four nights. Okay. Yeah. Three days or four days, three nights typically. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it is it campnolimits.com, campnolimits.org. Like if a parent's like, hey, I really want my kiddo to go yeah. to this. So the website is www.nolimitsfoundation.com. Okay. And then the all the social media handles on Instagram and Facebook is just Camp No Limits. Okay. And I'm also going to put those in the show notes, guys, in case you hear about this. If you are know someone, if you have a kiddo, like that way you can also connect there. And Alex's socials will also be in there. And some of the things that he's been in, like Luckiest Girl Alive that just came out in October, right? On Netflix? Yes. October yeah. 7th it came out. Yeah. Yeah. So... It was great chatting with you, and I'm really glad that Marilyn volunteered you. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you Thank you, yes. Marilyn. Shout out, Marilyn. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Hope to do it again. Yeah, thank you, and thank y'all for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. <laughs>